Okay. Hi guys, welcome to the Lightroom. My name is Chisum and I'm excited to have you here on the first day of the month if you're watching this on Friday, fingers crossed. But yeah, I'm really excited to have you guys here today. Happy new month to you. How are you feeling about the new month? Let me know in the comments section. For me, I am super excited. I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful for all the memories I've had this year, sweet memories painful memories all sorts of memories i'm really just grateful to god for the opportunity to go through each of them because i mean he's been faithful in each circumstance and i'm genuinely deeply grateful to him for it i'm also grateful for this new series that i'll be starting um if you listen to or watch the last episode last week you would have a hint of the topics that i'll be i'll be handling in the next few weeks and it's on the fruits of the spirit so we've come down from a series on easy day sin too then last week i talked about how to live above sin if it is possible at all then today i'll be running you by the fruits of the spirit and i'm starting with love for the main just to understand better what i'm talking about you really need to go to the last video but you don't need to switch now you can switch after watching this or listening to this but it's just give you a fuller broader context so onto today's video i've captioned it conversations on love and um well it's this may not go the way you expect because i'm not exactly talking about romantic love even though that's um going to fall under it in one way or, or, or the other but I'm really talking about love in a broader sense of it. And I'll just go straight for the juggler. The most popular scripture we know on love. Some people that are not even believers know the scripture by heart. And it's John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And for the longest time when I read that verse, I read it thinking about the magnanimity of the love of God, that God's love is so big. So for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But that verse is not just talking about the magnanimity of God's love. Of course, God's love is magnanimous. Magnanimous. God's love is big. <laughs> God's love is big. But that's not just what the verse is talking about. It's talking about the manner in which God showed his love to us. God in this manner, that if you want to rewrite that or if you want to put it in simpler terms, God in this manner loved the world. He gave his son. So we see that God's love was not just by mouth. It was not just um, a nice thing to say. His love was backed with actions. He gave us his son to cover a debt we could never ever pay, the debt for our sins. And all we had to do to accept the sacrifice of his son and also receive eternal life in him is believe that God loves us and he gave his only son for us. That verse just says it. I'll read it again. God loved, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This is the greatest demonstration of the love of God towards us. And there is a verse in scripture I like to think of as a twin of this verse. And I'll read it. It's very easy for you to spot. So there is John 3.16 and there is 1 John 3.16. So 1 John 3.16 says, This is how we know what love is. 
Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And he goes on to say, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, that's the audience he was writing to, not, not necessarily small children, like children in the faith. So dear children, let us not love with words or speech alone, but with actions and in truth. So in the same way that God loved us, not just by words or by his speech, he loved us in actions. In the same way, and even in comparison, we are asked to lay down our lives for others. You may not have to lay down your life for brethren in the faith or your sister, your spouse, your friend, literally like you say, oh, kill me on this person's behalf. That may never ever happen. But when you lay down your life for others, it's you being sacrificial the same way God's love for you was sacrificial. And there is a whole scripture that many people refer to as a hallmark of love, rightly so, because it breaks down in simple practical steps what love is. And we will get into that. We'll get into that. But there was something I said last week when we were talking about the fruits of the Spirit and how to walk above sin. And I said something. I said the love God has shown to us is not the kind of love that you see outside. The kind of love you see outside is one that, oh, if you love me, I love you back. Or I'm loving you so that you will love me back. God's love is not like that. The God we serve causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. And Jesus in Luke 6, 32 says this. He says, if you love those who love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those who love them. So Jesus is saying that if you only love those that love you, if you only love your loved ones, if you only love nice people around you, what benefit is it to you? And then he says, if you do good to those who do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do the same things. And if you lend to those who, whom you hope to receive from, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. So the kind of love that God expects for us is not different from the love he has given to us. Now, it may happen in different shapes and forms. You may never, ever, ever, ever need to see a cross in your life. But God expects you to love the just and the unjust. God expects you to love those who are not the kindest to you. God expects you to love those who have hurt you in the past. And this is not far-fetched from what he has already done for you. Last week, I gave the example of the wicked servant and how the king, Jesus telling the parable, the king forgave the wicked servant of a huge debt. Let's call the debt one million naira. Now, this servant went away rejoicing that the king had forgiven his debt. And then he went to meet a fellow servant of his that owed him 1,000 naira. 1,000 naira, 1 million naira, the difference is very clear. And he was so wicked to that servant that owed him. And when the king heard of this, the king took actions against him. So it just goes to show that when God loved us, the way God loved us, we can never love people like that, right? That's one. Like, I mean, in practical sense, we can't die for another person's sins, but the Lord has done that for you, right? But still, if he has done that great act or shown you this great act of love, there is nothing too big 
for you to be able to show someone else especially as a believer god has called you to live a life that is very 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 different and i'll just drive this episode home in a very practical way let's look at first corinthians first corinthians 13 first corinthians first corinthians 13 aha i'm there all right so paul is writing to the corinthian church and he said he's saying he's saying i don't know what's happening today but he's writing to the corinthian church and he's saying if i speak in tongues of men or of angels but i do not have love i'm a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal now let's go back let's just keep on to verse four the characteristics of love that i said are very practical for you to understand number one love is patience and i think for me this is something i need to constantly relearn and relearn in different phases of my life because hmm, <laughs> there are just different reasons i've had to exercise patience especially even with loved ones because the people that you love the most have the ability to get to you in ways that no other person can and i heard someone give an analogy one time that the reason your loved ones can step on your toes is because they are walking close enough to you to be able to step on your toes like you have to be in close proximity with somebody to step on their toes right and that was a beautiful analogy but in the same time in the moment it's difficult to be patient when someone you love or someone you don't even love is testing you it's difficult to be patient when um your loved one is not doing something you want them to do or they are not measuring up to your idea of what love is or that person in the office is upsetting you and irritating you at every given chance it is difficult to be patient but patience is a fruit of your spirit so god would have you choose to be patient because we make the mistake many times to assume that we would always feel like being patient or we would always feel like being loving or we would always feel love bubbling in our hearts it's not true but in those moments those dire moments where you are tempted to ramble off on someone because you're impatient or you're tempted to ramble off on someone that is pissing you off and you just choose in that moment to keep quiet you choose in that moment to treat the person the way you would love to be treated that is you working in love love many times in practical sense is a decision you are choosing to do this regardless of how you feel because when you think about it when Jesus was on earth, he was in a human body. He was in a body. He, was, he took on flesh, kind of skin you have. He knew what it meant to be hungry. He knew what it meant to be tired. He knew what it meant to be mocked by people that he came to save. So you don't think that he felt so giddy and excited to go and die on the cross and say, Yay, what am I going to do today? I'm going to die. That's not how it happened. While he was in human flesh, he felt the anguish of being human. He felt the pain of death as a human being so if jesus in spite of how he felt in the moment could decide to finish the work for us on the cross in the same vein in spite of how we feel we can choose to be patient we can choose to be kind we can choose not to be envious we can choose not to be boastful or proud 
We can choose not to dishonor others. How do you dishonor people in your speech? Like you talk about people, especially behind their backs, in ways that you would not like to be talked about. Or you don't even talk to them nicely when you are face to face with them. Maybe because you are their manager or because you feel a sense of superiority in one way or the other. It is wrong. God would have you honor people, whether they are rich or poor. I was reading the book of James yesterday, James 2, and I was just seeing how James described how a church setting should be. He said, if you see a rich person walk into your midst and you reserve a special seat and you say, oh, here, here is a seat. This is a beautiful, good seat kept for you. Sit down there. And then a poor person also comes to your midst wearing filthy clothes. And then because of how the person looks, or the person's status, you then said, oh, you then say, oh, sit down at my feet or sit down at the back or something like that. You have dishonored that person. And it's important to God how you act in situations like this. So God would have you show love everywhere. Don't talk to the bus driver when you're going to walk in a more demeaning way. Or let me just, let me flip that. Don't talk to your boss with more dignity than you would talk to a beggar on the streets. That is what the word of God is saying. And I know it may sound like two opposite ends because some, some of us, because of situation or because of the settings at work, there's a tendency to, to try to you know, talk nice to your boss or um, say the right things even though you don't really like your boss. But what the word of God says is whether it's your boss or a rich person or a poor person, he would have you treat all men with honor. He would have you treat all men with love. By men, I don't mean masculine. Men there, I mean like the general humankind. With love, with honor, and with respect. Then like it goes on to say, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. So in cases where you have to to show love to people or be loving in your relationships or be loving even to people that don't deserve it it is not going to always feel easy it is not going to always be a walk in the park but the bible says love perseveres so it keeps at it it keeps going on it keeps showing up it keeps deciding so it's you waking up every morning knowing that you don't really like this your ogre but God would have you love this person. God would have you honor your boss. So not to talk um, bad stuff behind their back. God will have you honor your husband. God will have honor your wife. God will have you honor your friends. God will have you honor people that have even spoken bad about you. Because at the end of the day, two wrongs, quote-unquote, don't make you right in God's eyes. So because somebody wronged you doesn't mean... Um, it's okay to then gossip about per the person or because somebody wronged you it doesn't mean it's then okay to dishonor the person Your actions are accountable before God. So it's it's you that will give accounts to the Lord not you and that person So whether someone has hurt you before and I'm not even saying this insensitively because I've I've experienced some hurt from people in ways that I did not even imagine possible that story for another day but still, in all situations, there is no situation that God exonerates us from being forgiven or patient or kind or loving. All right. Now, to wrap up this 
video, I'm going to show you or talk about practical aspects or more practical ways to show love besides the scripture I've just given. Number one, receive of God's love. It's easier for you to love when you know that God has first loved you, when you know that there is love at home, when you bask in the love of God. You can't give what you don't have, simply put. But when you understand God's love and how he showed it to you when you least deserved it. It's not like you were somewhere acknowledging him as Lord and then you proactively said, oh, Jesus, it would be nice for you to die for us. You didn't do that. God, in his proactive love, gave his son on your behalf. In the same vein, if you understand that, you'll be able to love people better. You'll be able to love people in a more sacrificial way when you think about what the Lord has done for you. you find it easier to forgive people who hurt you when you think about the forgiveness you've received. So, practical way to love people. Receive of God's love. Bask in God's love. Never get used to acknowledging the fact that God loves you. Don't see it finished. It's a beautiful privilege that the creator of the heavens and the earth loves you. He knows you by name. He cherishes you. You are precious to him. So when you are full of that love or knowledge of that love, it's easier for you to love people. Another practical way, act out the love. Like, if you wait to feel patience, you would end up being a very impatient person. If you wait to feel love in your heart, your love work will simply not be consistent. So act out love. Look for practical ways to show love to people. There is something that I do with my husband and my f close friends as well. I text them sometimes and I say, how can I make you happy today? How can I show you that I love you? Because the truth is, we are very different people. So I may be doing something that I think, ah, I'm moving heaven and earth for my husband. As I'm doing this thing now, he should be jumping and rejoicing. But in his mind, maybe something else would have just struck that chord or that nerve even more. So learning to put actions behind your claim of love for people. If I claim to love my husband, I should love him in the way he understands love. If I claim to love my friends, I should love them in the way they understand love. So for instance, if my friend's love language for instance is quality time and i never spend time with my friend i can send her gifts so every day of the week but i never spend time with her it will just be difficult for her to understand that i love her and of course it may be difficult for me as well to you know switch up love languages or love her in a way i'm not used to but that's what love is isn't it it's sacrificial it's not about you all the time it's not about your comfort all the time love seeks the best in other people and for other people so look for proactive ways to act out your love if you've not asked your friends this question before or your loved ones these questions I encourage you to do that ask your loved ones how can I show you love ask your friends ask your pastors how can I show you that I love and honor you and I respect you and I encourage you to do this especially when you're finding it difficult to show your love to this person or even to maintain your love work with this person it changes the game honestly let me know how it helps you <laughs> let me know i would really love to know number three guard your heart against offense against um bad examples because sometimes you'll be on your own gently trying to show love to other people then 
maybe you come on IG and you see somebody dissing that very act of love you're about to do. Maybe, for instance, you want to show love to your partner by cooking their favorite meals. And then you come online and you see somebody saying, I can never cook for somebody else. Eh? Why would I cook for somebody else? And then you start to feel some type of way that, ah, so why should I be cooking for my loved one? Hmm. Hmm. Or maybe you've done heaven and earth. You've, you've gone out, you've cooked for this person, you've bought them gifts, you've done this, you've done that, and then you ask them to do something for you and they don't do it. And, or they don't do it on time, or they are unable to do it, or they can't afford to do what you are asking them to do. And then you start getting resentful after all the things I've done for you. This small thing that I'm asking you to do is a problem. Guard your heart. See, the devil is so sneaky. He won't jump in front of you and say, Hey, I'm here to steal, kill, and destroy. He looks for all these little, little, small, small, small things that you won't, you won't even feel are big deals till they explode before your eyes. So guard your heart jealously. When you notice offense creeping in, have those difficult conversations. Call your friend and say, Oh, this thing you said. I, I didn't appreciate it. I was trying to maybe, or maybe I got you a gift and you just said, oh, thank you. You didn't hug me. You didn't wear it. Like if those little, little things get to you, talk to your friend about it. Because if you don't do that and you allow that offense simmer or you just sweep it under the carpet, what may happen is the next time you, are, you feel or you want to carry out that act of love to that person, you're not as excited to do it you're not as happy to do it i'll give you an example of something that happened to me so a couple of weeks ago i was i had a day off and i asked my husband how i could make his day or something i think i asked him or i just figured i asked him i think and then i just noticed that he had um been tired so i, I offered to drive him to the office on my day off so I drove him to the office that day. Everything was going well. You know, I drove him to the office. It was nice. We talked on the way. But you know, let's go home. As we were driving home, I was, as I was driving home, I picked up some groceries to come and prepare, I think, lunch. To come and prepare lunch for my husband or something. Like, I was trying to plan the whole day nicely. As I got home, I got to the gates of the house and I was about to drive into the house. And then... I don't know, I just didn't gauge the gates well that day and um, the car I was using at that time, I just, like, I had a scratch with it. And that day, like, it pained, like, I was just thinking that she, if I had slept this morning, I had just slept and allowed this man to go out by himself, I would be okay. I, like, so many thoughts were crossing my mind that day. I couldn't even go to the house. I immediately went to an auto shop fixed it and it was like the last money in my account that i used to fix it that day so in my head i'm just like who sent me a message who sent me a message and i just sat down to realize that this was something i wanted to do to show love to my husband while he may not be the devil that jumped in front of the car to do anything like he had taken advantage of that moment to dissuade me from doing that again for my husband. And I just talked to the Lord about it, that, Lord, this thing made me feel really sad. 
and everything but then at the end of the day i'm just so grateful that that passed it was not a major issue but it really did soil my mood everything got repaired it was not like big at all and like i had so many people help me jigget like i it was it was just interesting but that was a moment that the devil could take advantage of and just just ruin the whole moment right so the next time i wanted to take my husband to the office there was that skepticism that ah what if you know as i'm on my own now maybe like i just had to rebuke that thought in the moment and realize that i'm doing this in love for my husband i'm doing this because it will make him happy i'm doing this because acts of service is his primary love language and he would appreciate this so i mean let's go and i'm so grateful that the devil did not win that battle in my mind or in my thoughts i could see that he really did appreciate that gesture and i'm glad i did it so for you as well you may think back now and realize something that you may have done for somebody and then you ended up asking yourself who sent me a message i don't want you to be discouraged i want you to keep at it and just know that god loves you and god would spur up the desires again in your heart to continue to love people around you so this is really the end of this video i'm excited for the rest of the series we'll be talking more about fruits of the spirit in the weeks to come and i'm genuinely genuinely excited about it other things i'm excited about our newsletters are back yes our newsletters are back and i am so so happy to be writing to you guys once more i'll put the link in the description if you have not received the letter already you'll be able to read the letter and also subscribe to my letters so i'm really glad about that another thing i'm excited about is the christmas party that tlr is hosting on the 24th of december this year definitely on 24th of december it's going to be holding in dustbin community Ajegunle. that's the name of the area dustbin community Ajegunle. we're going to be having fun with the children in the area and showing them the love of jesus and the real reason behind this season so i invite you to partner with me to do this if you want to do that i would also leave my handles and means that you can reach out to me through in the description box and yeah please reach out i would really really appreciate your presence your partnerships in any way shape or form it was very much welcome and very much needed thank you thank you so much in advance for doing that i love you all so very much and i pray that this month is blissful for you i pray that this month is full of answered prayers and you just bask and grow in the love of god this month in jesus name amen i love you all happy happy new month